Then bespake the strings all three, Yonder is my sister that drowned me. My hand was quiet as a final dying breath as I plucked the ring from the shelf. The weaver stopped singing. I froze, the ring now in the pocket of my jacket. She'd finished the last song. Maybe she'd start another? Maybe. The spinning wheel slowed. I backed a step toward the door. Then another. Slower and slower. Each rotation of the ancient wheel longer than the last. Only ten steps to the door. Five. The wheel went round. One last time. So slow I could see each of the spokes. Two. I turned for the door as she lashed out with a white hand, gripping the wheel and stopping it wholly. The door before me snicked shut. I lunged for the handle, but there was none. Window, get to the window! Who's in my house? She said softly. Welcome! Welcome! Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we're going to discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and gossip about our theories relevant to the current fantasy land we're exploring. So, just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit, so proceed with caution if that's not your thing. We hope you enjoy being part of our book club. Stay smutty. Who's that in my podcast studio? Is it you, listener darling? <laughs> Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. We're a lot cozier than the Weaver's Cottage. <laughs> Much cozier. Oh my god. <laughs> we get the to meet two... It gives me nightmares, uh, but it also makes me, yeah, it also makes me irrationally excited because I love, I love both the Bone Carver and the Weaver. I love them. Everything about them. I think they're the, I just think they're so cool. They're really cool. The Uh, Bone Carver, I think, (laughs) is like just the neatest. And we'll talk more about it when we meet him them and i think that their gender is probably pretty fluid but oh my gosh just so many creepy characters (laughs) i'm here for it same you throw a little bit of amarin in the mix and it gets even scarier (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) okay in our last episode we got a big information download about Kind of a lot of things about both the setting and the characters. We dove into the beautiful world of Alaris. We met the Bat Boys, Cass and Az, and we also met Amran. Um, as Farah gets to know all of them a little bit more, she actually realizes that being with these people is equal parts wonderful and terrifying um, because she knows they will both love her and endlessly challenge her. So. Farah decided to, yes, indeed, work with Reese and this wonderful little found family. Um, we learn of everyone's equally tragic backgrounds. And then we also get a little insight into Highburn wanting to resurrect Jurian. And the only way we are to learn more about how this can be done is from a being called the Bone Carver. Farah is 
the only one they think will interest the bone carver enough because she is made um, an immortal with a mortal soul. Um, so Reese and Farah head to the prison, which she realizes once they get there is under a mountain. And unfortunately, at this point in time, Farah just wasn't quite ready for that journey yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. This episode is going to be awesome, like I said, because we're we're meeting all these cool creatures. We're getting into more of the lore. Like if if anything, like I I definitely am a nerd when it comes to like that's why I love like Lord of the Rings and like all of the super in-depth books. Like I love I love learning about the history of the land. <clears throat> history of the land like who all these people are. Like, we get to learn about the cauldron. Oh, my God. There's just so much in these chapters. And honestly, in the next few episodes, it's just like a... It's just a snowball. Because it's like, wow, we get to meet these creatures. And then it's like, oh, shit, we're going to go to the human lands. And then it's like, oh, God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Highburn. It's Yes. It's never-ending. I forgot how much happens in this book. Like... This book is insane. <laughs> it is. And I, I'm i realizing, like, is that going to happen to us every single book? Like, the first time we read it, was it just mm-hmm. all happening in slow motion? Because I don't remember stuff happening this quickly. No, I remember reading this book and being, like, so butthurt about the whole Tamlin thing that, like, it, it like, took me a while to get into it. But then once mm-hmm. this stuff started happening and Farrah starts like using her powers and training and things like that. And the tension between her and Reese gets really good. Like I just remember it happening mm. like that. Like it happens so fast. And I feel like I, we devoured these books in like a week. So I, <laughs> yeah, we really did. Honestly, when you were texting me earlier and you were like, when does Farrah go back to the spring court? I'm like, Honestly, I have no idea. It could be in this book. It could be in the next book. Like, I don't remember a damn thing. <laughs> they are all one big book at this point. I'm, I am yeah. notoriously, like, kind of do that with books, though, because even with, like, the Twilight books, the only one that really sticks out to me is New Moon because she's, oh, Bella's just, God. you know, we all know what happens in New Moon, but all the rest of them yes. kind of, like, bleed and blend together. And that happens mm-hmm. to me with all like Akatar, the first one is kind of its own like it's under the mountain but all the rest of them yes. it's like Akatar, and then a court of mist and fury and the other books are like dot 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 and then it's like oh silver flames <laughs> silver flames baby i remember everything that happens in that book <laughs> hell yeah oh man let's get into it all right let's do it chapter 18 so, Farah, after spending the entirety of the day in bed after her first attempt at the prison, Farah wakes up with Amran at the foot of her bed. And this scares the piss out of her. <laughs> Rightly as it should. I'm terrified of, of Amran. Love her, but she scares the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. And so Amran tosses this gold amulet of pearl and this pretty blue stone and says, quote, this, get me out- this got me out of prison. <laughs> Wear it in. And they can never keep you. And then proceeds to threaten Pharaoh with a slow, painful death if she doesn't bring it back. And, and Pharaoh was like, she is a fire drake. Okay. 
she is she is i'm like i feel like that's how i am when people borrow like my books and stuff like people that i don't know super well that i don't know will bring it back Mm -hmm. i'm like don't bring this back i know where you live okay yep yep i have i have a friend that is so particular about her books that like if it comes back in the spine is creased she's yeah it's like the end of the world and i'm like I will never, ever, ever touch one of your books. <laughs> I don't care about all that. As long as it gets back to me. Books are meant right. to be well-worn and Worn. loved. And Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the next day, I, I found this interesting because it's like the next day they're like, well, let's try again. Uh, they give her no time. <laughs> I know. She's like, oh, you're fine now, right? You had a day to process everything that happened to you. Um, what the fuck? Anyway, so Reese and Farrah go round two with the prison. And as they're like climbing and scrambling up to the prison, Farrah is like, damn, I'm immortal, but I am weak. (laughs) I am weak as fuck. You gotta work out. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) And Farrah, I I found this interesting. Farrah is surprised when Reese draws the longsword from his back in this like fluid, graceful movement. And uh, Reese is like that would make Cass laugh himself hoarse. It makes you realize like this divide between Reese being like the high lord and like the political side, but he's like also a warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, and, and also I found it very interesting that it was like we spent all this time with Tamlin, who's also a high lord and political. But he always had, like, the baldric with all the daggers and, like, Lucian was always armed. Like, I feel like it's just a very different vibe. At the Night Court, it's almost like Reese has such unending power that, like, honestly, he doesn't need a freaking sword. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a toothpick to him. Like, a nice right. letter opener, if you will. Like, he right. doesn't need that. He could, he could fucking miss people. Yeah, like, he can snap his fingers and you are an afterthought. Right. <laughs> so, he, he explains that Cass is actually, like, the deadliest, the best warrior, better than Reese himself, which is mm-hmm. astounding. Um, and when Farrah asks incredible. about Az, yeah, when Farrah asks about Az, Reese explains that he came from a really horrid family. Um, and his family essentially trapped him in a cell with no light. He was let out once a day. And then his two brothers wanted to see how his fast healing would mix with oil and fire. Hence, the scars on his hands. What monsters! And Amber, when we get his book, mm. his backstory is going to absolutely wreck us. When he opens yeah. up to whoever, whoever Gwen or... Or Elaine, whoever he is, his person, or Eris, as we've been also fangirling mm. over. Like, I would, oh, I would, I would love that. That'd be very interesting. Mm. I do love the idea of him I and would Gwen be just here. because I think, yes, I want, I do want some kind of interesting something with Eris, like, but that would be really spicy. But I think that whoever he opens up to, when we learn truly everything that he's gone through, it is going to break my soul yeah yeah he's got a lot yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um 
And then, so then they talk about Moore, who is not a warrior, but Reese describes her almost as the queen. She is the one that will be called upon when Cass and Az are dead. And that must mean mm-hmm. she's powerful as shit. Uh, she's yes. like, she's, she's got it all, right? She's, she's mm-hmm. got the political undertaking. She's got the, the powerful, you know, army undertaking. If the armies and Cass and Az are to fail, you know, she kind of has to take up that power threshold as well. And mm-hmm. then there's Amran, his second whom is Reese's political advisor. He calls her uh, his walking library and doer of dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> and Amran, <laughs> Reese explains that if all else fails, if all else fails, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Amran would be released, quote, from her prison of flesh and bone. He would do this and release her upon the world. But make sure that she takes him first. <laughs> God. <laughs> that just, if that doesn't tell you how fucking scary she is, I don't know what's gonna do it for you. He's terrifying. Did you get my text that I sent you and Casey today? The TikTok? The theory about her? Oh, I didn't watch it. Oh, I didn't watch it. Amber, some girl, and I, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna mess this up, so I'll post it on our, on our story. I'll make a little thing that's like our favorite theories, maybe. This some girl was talking about how there was like in the book it talks about how there was a rip in the world, and mm-hmm. Amran like refers she like came in through the rip in the world. She refers to like mm-hmm. um how she served an all powerful god, and she like refers to her god as like father there's like a whole bunch of stuff that i completely forgot about but it sounds Mm -hmm. it makes sense and sjm like confirmed that she thinks she wrote amran to be like an archangel which is they're terrifying if you've read any part of the like end time stuff in the bible (laughs) that shit is really scary so i'm very interested to read this again (laughs) yeah or Or if you've watched supernatural (laughs) have you watched supernatural Yes. I have seen every I have seen every episode, every season. I am a supernatural fangirl. Almost as much <laughs> as I love Twilight. I haven't seen it all as much because there are a shit you not. Like there has to be like 20 seasons and every fucking season has like 30 episodes and they're all 45 minutes. But that would be absolutely bananas. That that would be uh, insane. Yeah. Alright. So Next, they arrive at the gate. Reese puts his hand on a sheer uh, rock face wall to reveal the gate of bones. And (laughs) in their journey, yeah, so they come in the prison and their journey throughout the prison, Farah basically has to constantly ground herself with reassurances and holding Reese's hand in the darkness to prevent the panic. And she just keeps saying, if Amran got out, so can I. And she can feel the beings locked in this place. She can just feel that they are ancient, cruel, and infinitely patient. Which is really scary. That is really scary. That's chilling. (laughs) Yuck. Yuck. And as as they make it closer to the bone carver, Farah asks, what is he? 
and Reese explains that the bone carver appears to everyone differently. They could be standing right next to each other and see something or someone entirely different. And then they enter the cell. And Farrah sees a boy, no older than eight, eyes of crushing blue. And Farrah does exactly as instructed. She's to Mm -hmm. never lie, and she is to adhere to the rule of a question for a question. And we learn a lot from the bone carver. The bone carver, the first thing, asks, where did you go when you died? And she explains that she felt it when her spine snapped. She knew when she died, she heard it, and it was instantly dark. But she was tethered, and when she pulled on that tether, uh, her soul was like clinging onto the tiny shred that it had left, and it was clinging onto Reese's end of the bargain. And she saw herself through Reese's eyes, and you could just tell the bone carver is like, and? And? (laughs) (laughs) And then what happened? (laughs) And then? So because she got a she answered a question, she now gets a question. And she asks if it would be possible to revive someone from the dead if their soul is preserved in some way, which we know Jurian is. So the bone carver tells a story about the cauldron. All magic was inside it, was contained inside Mm -hmm. it, but it fell into the wrong hands and there were things that were forged with it. But eventually the cauldron took it back. And then the cauldron was hidden and forgotten about entirely. This cauldron was hidden at the bottom of a frozen lake, but it vanished a long, long time ago. And he goes on to explain that millennia ago, the three feet of the cauldron were successfully cleaved from the base in an attempt to fracture maybe some of its power. And all of these three feet were hidden at different temples. And he says, if they have gone missing, it is likely the cauldron is active once more. Eek. We know that temples are being ransacked. Yes. And on the way out, Reese Reese is like, okay, we're good here. Bye. Mm -hmm. See ya. And on the way out, Farah of her own volition is stops and she offers up two more devastating truths. One, she says she knew she could have faded away to something else, somewhere else, you know, something good. Which is vague, but also very, the fact that she knew that was an option and she didn't choose it, um, mm-hmm. I think is is big. And two, she said if the third fairy wasn't Tamlin, she would have put the dagger in her own heart. Quote, I only decided I wanted to live when she killed me and I knew I had not finished whatever, whatever it was I'd been born to do. Ooh, that is fate spinning its web right there. Yes. And also like when she talks about how she followed the bond home, like, (laughs) like to come back, I have like full body goosebumps right now. And can you imagine how Reese must have felt hearing Farah talk about like her death experience and then also like that she wanted I mean that basically she wanted to kill herself. Yeah, and she was uh, 
not far from it. No. At That's all. Utterly terrifying and heartbreaking and just and he can't even like reveal that 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 would make him feel that way either like Mm -hmm. but farah does note like intermittently throughout these conversations she like glances at reese and notes like very Mm -hmm. brief episodes of just like pure devastation on his face and then it's gone Mm -hmm. so it's i think she's kind of at that point where she's like why does he care kind of thing yeah but oh, she's yeah. she's she notices everything. We've talked about this before. She notices everything, so it doesn't. She she realizes that there's something. There's something, but she can't quite understand it. So uh, after she gave those two truths, the bone carver offered, um, the bone carver offered two truths in return. One, he confirmed that King Hybron has the cauldron. We knew it, but the bone carver confirmed it. Mm-hmm. Two. He did confirm that the cauldron can raise the dead and shatter the wall. This is a big, this is a big oh shit. This is a Mm -hmm. big oh shit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the bone carver, I love this. I love this little tidbit because he offers a third truth of his own free will. Farah doesn't offer anything else. The bone carver, they don't do that, especially the bone Mm -hmm. carver, especially Mm -hmm. the bone carver. And he explains that when the cauldron was made, there was a book forged to control it in in its entirety. After the war, it was split. Half of the book went to the Fae, half to the mortal queens. And this book, you know, the fact that it controlled the cauldron just kind of got lost to be like a fairy tale, essentially. Um, The book was believed to be basically harmless, and it was just kind of a symbolic book at this point um because nobody could could use it mm-hmm. and that's because like calls to like and only that which was made can speak the spells and summon it so we know there are only three beings that were made miriam amran mm-hmm. and vera <laughs> And we so haven't heard this from is, Miriam in forever, so. Yeah, we don't even know if she's around. <laughs> and so this is just like that big, like, Farah has a light bulb moment, and the bone car is like smirking at her. Like, come on, dummy, keep up. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, why is it always me? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the whole world, their salvation comes down to you, Farah. <laughs> yeah, always for the second time. Uh, let's just mm-hmm. let's just keep rolling with this. Your life is already shit. Let's make it worse. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And so they finally do leave. Reese and Farah leave, and uh, they kind of trade back and forth of what Farah saw, which is the young boy. Mm-hmm. And then Reese explains that the bone carver appeared as Jurian, exactly yes. how he looked before Amarantha. Oh, God. Can you imagine how creepy that would be? <laughs> no, and thank also, you. The fact that. Farah has no idea that the bone carver is appearing as her and Reese's like unborn baby. child. Oh my god, uh, precious baby Nix. Holy uh, to the shit. That oh wow, so much info. Fucking bone carver okay. is the real MVP. The bone carver is like serial 2.0. The the bone carver, yes. <laughs> yeah, at least you don't have to you don't have to bring a dead chicken but you have to venture into an underground 
hewn prison with millennia old terrifying creatures just to get an audience. And you don't, and you like, the surreal is what you see, right? The surreal is creepy, but the bone carver Mm -hmm. is like, you don't even know what it is because Mm -hmm. it's anything. It's everything. And her, I did make a note that the bone carver and Amran both call Feyre girl. Like, they're very, like, the way that they speak is very similar. And I've, I'm like, they are of some type of the same terrifying Something. creature. Like, yeah. there's some connection there. Oh I God. feel like like yeah. how they talked about how, like you were saying, Amran kind of came from that, that rip in the world. The rip in, mm-hmm. y- you know, different universes almost mm-hmm. is, I and I, they do kind of go to note that a lot of the beings in the prison are there because they're not actually supposed to be in this universe. They're not supposed to exist here. Amber, what if some of those are some of the creatures from like, like Throne of Glass, like like the Val, how like that, the Val? yeah, yeah, like how that they have come through a rip in the world, and it just makes yeah, me think of the Witcher too, like how the big pillar gets knocked over and Siri has mm-hmm. led in like all these terrifying mm-hmm. ass creatures. Like it's like they were never supposed to be a part of right. this world, but here they are. And now what do we do? But here they oh are. Uh huh. And now we have to deal uh-huh. with like, and it's kind of like the Marvel universe too, right? They like mm-hmm. this like alien race is like infiltrating earth and earth mm-hmm. is not equipped to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, no, we are dumbass humans who have zero imagination. And we're, first, right. you're gonna have to convince us that you're real, and then, mm-hmm. and then we'll go about actually taking care of the problem. At which point, half oh. of us will already be dead because it's gonna take that for us to actually believe that they're real. Right. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. <sighs> All right. Chapter nineteen. Reese and Feyre return to Valaris after meeting with the Bone Carver where the inner circle have been eagerly awaiting their return. And Reese basically fills them in on everything we just talked about. And I love that they each have like their own role to play within the inner circle and they all play it very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you can tell by all of their responses. And I think that's why they're so formidable, like as a court uh, like I think they're just very well organized. They're like a well-oiled machine. They're like, right? They're like the number one team. You know, like they have won the Olympics or whatever. Like they're just, I love it. Yeah. Uh, more, more rightfully, asks Reese, "What's the plan, dude? If you won't let Azrael, so he basically tells Azrael, I don't even trust your your sources, your spies with this information." Um. So basically more is like, so what's the plan if Az doesn't do this next step? This is usually how they proceed. Reese declares that Hybern ransacking the temples is an act of war and they're past the pleasantries of like parlaying with Hybern. It's time to get dirty. So parlay, the plan is now parlay 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 sorry now I, need, now I need to watch. Can't help Pirates bring out my again. inner Johnny Depp. Love Johnny. What's the word? Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the plan is to infiltrate Highburn's lands <laughs> to repay Highburn for what he did. 
And they're going to try and dismantle the cauldron. Just, it's mm. casual. That's all casual, they're no big deal. And my favorite thing is that Cassian and Moore just grin. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, my heart has gone straight to my butt. I'm terrified. And they're like, when do we begin? <laughs> immediately has to shit. Immediately have to shit. I have immediately shit my pants. Thank you. Excuse me, Reese. I'm going to need a quick pant change and not for the reasons we were discussing in the previous episode, but because I literally shit my I brain. I actually shit my pants. <laughs> I'm oh, a coward. Uh, please don't ask me for help. Okay. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This, this, this is why I love Cassie. Apparently we could, we could both use at least one more glass of wine. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so funny because I literally act like I'm such a badass Chris. in the gym. I pretend like I'm right like when I run, I run to like epic film scores and I pretend like I'm like hunting orcs or something. And in real life, I just feel like if an orc actually came out of the woods, I would be like, Well, can you just send a letter to my husband letting him know that I loved him and our time together was lovely? Like <laughs> I just no, I would You probably- would be you would be like you'd be like, here, listen. I make some really good cookies. Just let me make you a batch of cookies and let's talk about it. Come my cottage. Granny Marge. Granny Marge has uh, has some baking, uh, you know, just everything you could possibly need. And yeah, you, just, you'll have it. You'll have it. Cupcakes. Yep. Sure. I'll bake for you. Cookies. Forever. Yeah. Cheesecake. Mm. Wonderful. God. I think work would be like, I think okay. That'd be great. Yeah, feed me and go back and tell your leader I'm good and not to send anyone else after me. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, and peace out. That's gonna <laughs> oh be our fantasy God. book. So it will be. I <laughs> truly have been toying around with the idea of writing a book, and it has become more and more distracting in my head the more I think about it. So, <laughs> oh man. So basically, back on track here. <laughs> this is what happens when we drink wine. <laughs> back on track. <laughs> basically. The, they decide the plan is they have to simultaneously obtain both halves of the book and then figure out how to take down Highburn's wards at the same time in order to prevent further destruction. Once again, NBD. Mm-hmm. We, we next learn that Feyre, of course, in, in classic fantasy trope, she's the key to obtaining half of the book. Because they're spelled to only be able to be found by the individual high lord that it belongs to. And she has <clears throat> she has all seven high lords' powers. So she can locate the book as well as wield it. Which is what we learned from the Bone Carver as well. And I love that she's basically like a spy and also a metal detector. Like, she's just like... <laughs> you just imagine her walking in... <laughs> Like her spidey senses tingling, or like she's just like it's the book, it's the book. (laughs) So Reese reveals that he's gonna test Farah's object tracking skills by going on a little field trip, field trip (laughs) (laughs) to retrieve an object that Reese has been missing. And they're going to see the Weaver baby. And the inner circle immediately loses their shit. And they're like, Reese, no. 
And if they're freaking out, bad news for you, Farah. This is bad, 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 bad. This is bad, yeah. And I love that Farah does specify that Reese does always let her choose if she wants to help or not, or if she wants to go do these like quests or whatever. And she seems to have like full control over her night, her life in the night court, which is nice for her. Is new. It's also new. <laughs> what is this feeling so sudden and new? I get to choose what the hell I do. <laughs> no, no Tamlin brooding. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> I hope you're also drinking wine while you're listening to this, unless you're in the car. Hopefully, your water tastes extra good today. Be munching on some chocolate <laughs> or something good. <laughs> oh shit! All right. So Reese entitles Farah as the emissary of the Night Court to the human world, and they need to convince the mortal queens to bring the other half of the book to them willingly. And who better to convince the queens than an immortal fae with a human heart? And Reese wants to use the Archeron's estate as neutral headquarters to meet the queens. <laughs> and I love that Cass is like mother's tits, <laughs> mother's tits, Reese. Oh my god, that's a new one, and I'm, we're gonna have to use that in the podcast often. <laughs> mother's tits, mother's tits. <laughs> so Farah decides she'll convince her sisters to host them. LOL, love that she thinks she's gonna convince Nessa to do literally anything, right. and that she'll be the emissary. And thinking of Claire better is what motivates her. Oh, my heart. I know. God. It's like, honestly, it's like good, though, that it kind of did play some kind of a a role in spurring things on later. I feel like it is a very mm-hmm. motivating factor for her. Right. Um, As so, it should be. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because if, if Amarantha did that to Claire, imagine... Like, Highburn is her, like, higher up. Imagine what she would do to all the, like, what he would do to all the other humans. Like, yeah. It's terrifying to think about. Mm -hmm. So, later that night, Reese and the others disappear for a little bit, and Pharaoh falls asleep. And she has a nightmare. But she doesn't throw up. So, we're making some progress here, which is nice. And Reese appears in Pharaoh's room and tells her they're leaving before sunrise to head to see the Weaver. And they have to be fast because Hybern's agents will act fast as soon as they know that they're after the book. And Feyre realizes that she's kind of like putting all these pieces together. She's like, wait, we're hunting like a book and you wanted me to read. Like, is this the reason that you taught me to read? And basically he's like, yeah, but also like everyone should know how to read, which agreed. Like everyone should should be able to read that's like a life skill that everyone should be entitled to mm-hmm. so recent Farah <laughs> are everything to me i just they're all of their interactions are just so good i just love i love Reese? them i resonate with them so much i yes. just it's fucking hilarious reese pulls out Farah's lacy underwear, and he's like poking fun at her, like surprised that you didn't make Noala and Caridon bring you something different. And Farah immediately snaps back, and she's like, 
you're drooling on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I was laughing out loud the whole time this was happening. I'm like, this is beautiful. I'm obsessed. Got him. Got him. (laughs) Yeah, their banter is like, God, I could read a whole book of that. The thing is, is like she snaps back so fast, but he just lives for that. That's like Mm -hmm. exactly what he wants, and he's like yeah he's just thrilled by it he has like this feral grin and is like Mm -hmm. you're right (laughs) he loves it compared to like tamlin who would be like wait you don't like the things i packed for you like (laughs) (laughs) no tamlin's like the tamlin's like the like pharaoh would pack his entire suitcase for him and he would be like but i don't like this shirt yes that is exactly what would happen Bear's like, then fucking pack your own shit, Tamlin. Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. So, as they prepare to leave, this next scene. Oh my god, this next scene? Reese? Sorry if I just, like, actually hurt everyone's ears. That was loud, but I'm very excited. (laughs) Oh my god, this is is too good. Oh my god. So, Reese is strapping knives to Farrah. And he's telling her that the weaver notices when objects are out of place in her home. So she's not going to notice if there's a knife because she uses probably uses like a knife to eat. But like versus swords and crossbows and shit, she probably doesn't have that in her house. So she'll notice that something different is there. And quote, he tightened the strap. Strong, capable hands, so at odds with the finery he usually wore to dazzle the world into thinking he was something else entirely. And I'm just like, when she's ignoring the brush of his hands, I'm like, Farah, lean into that. Do not Mm. ignore that. Mm. Do not. And she's trying to ignore it. And she is not successful. She's catching feels so hard. Mm. And how could you not, God, Reese? And even if she's not catching feels... She's like, he's hot. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And she knows that throughout all these chapters, she's mm-hmm. like, I know he's flirting with me. And honestly, it's kind of nice. Like, mm-hmm. so there's that. Right. So Reese gives Farah the rules for interacting with the weaver. He tells her, number one, don't make a sound. Number two, don't touch anything but the object that the weaver took from me. And the next scene, again, <laughs> I think this is what I was thinking of. Farah, like, this is truly, like, to me, so powerful in terms of, like, Farah looking down at Reese as he's on his knees fastening her straps. Oh, And she my notices God. that he's bowing before her. And she recalls when he made Tamlin bow, like, in the spring court. And she wonders if that was part of the facade or if he relished in making Tamlin bow because of their like beef that they have. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I think he was like, yeah, bitch bow. But also like it was part of his like bad boy act as well. Right. I agree. So the last info download we get is that the weaver is blind and since Reese imprinted the object with his magic, Pharaoh will pass through undetected because she's going to appear the same as the object. And High Lords can't enter the cottage because she'll 
the oh they can't enter the cottage because the weaver is protected from them by the old laws of magic and so like even if someone sent in on behalf of the high lord like the weaver could trace it back to whatever high lord sent them <laughs> so that's why reese hasn't tried to get this object back so Farah, rightfully so is freaked out when she asks what happens if the weaver notices that i'm there mm-hmm. <laughs> very good question <laughs> And Reese is basically like, yeah, fuck, tell me. Like, good luck, bro. <laughs> you figure this shit out on your own, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So I love that Farah is, or that Reese is challenging Farah by being like, hey, listen, like, you asked me to challenge you. You asked to come along. You wanted all of this. Like, I could be treating you like Tamlin and shoving you in a dress and sheltering you and, like pumping you full of my airs but i'm not like this is what you wanted to do so let's have an adventure basically and i'm mm-hmm. here for it mm-hmm. and this next part is the part that i was freaking out over mm. quote and remember reese is still kneeling in front of her quote so i'm your huntress and thief his hands slid down to cup the backs of my knees and he said with a roguish grin you're my salvation, Farah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm melted. I'm a pool of Hannah. If you need me, I'll be liquefied here in my podcasting nook. <laughs> like at that point, how did she not just collapse? I don't know. It's the roguish grin for me. Like anytime Riley grins at me like that, I'm like, all right, all bets are off. Like whatever plans we had, cancel them. Like, this is truly, like, I, like he's kneeling in front of her, cupping her legs with his probably massive hands. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I've had too much wine to go into this much detail about this. <laughs> we can skip ahead. <laughs> we don't have to get too oh, dirty. It's a Monday. Oh, geez, it's a Monday. We're <laughs> wine drunk podcasting about. What are we doing with our lives? Wonderful oh things. God. We're almost 30. <laughs> Pursuing our passions, which is smut, wine, and good good friendship. And Reese. And and Reese. I'm telling you, Amber, you feel oh, free to gush because when we get to Silver Flames, there's no no holding me back. We honestly might have to do like side episodes that are patreon only where people have to pay to listen to us talk dirty because i'm it's i'm really gonna have to hold it back in those episodes and i also just want to clarify we're both very happily partnered women like oh hell yeah but these these characters are just incredible oh my god but but like we've talked about this before the reason we love the characters we love is because they remind us of our partners it's like if you Mm -hmm. if you threw our partners into a fantasy book like this is who they would be Yes, which and I think that's why a lot of people like them right. who are in relationships. That I always find that one character that I'm just like, I resonate with, you know? So yeah, I love that. Love Reese. Yeah, High for Lord sure. Forever. Do you have that in Throne of Glass? Do you have a person you like really have... resonate with? Um, Honestly, because I don't. Yet. I don't have like one person that I'm like, oh, I'm like you. <sighs> Or you, you remind me of me. 
honestly kale a tiny bit now where I'm at. And I won't say anything else because I think we're at very different parts in um, Tower of Dawn right now. But I mean, even even like with the relationships, like I'm shipping like Kaol and Irene super hard. But like mm-hmm. even with Rowan and Aelin, I'm like, we haven't really gotten we've gotten a little bit from them, but not enough. I feel like the like depth of the relationships in Throne of Glass just like they're super shallow at first. It's and so not there. it's just a yeah. lot of world building. I'm yeah. I'm loving the story and, and <clears throat> I've been hooked. I'm on like chapter 40. I was going to say, I I read a whole, I actually listened quite a bit today and I think I'm on like 30 something. Nice. Yeah. It's so, it's good. I'm, I, Akatar is still my favorite so far though. We haven't read Crescent City. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm keeping an open mind. But no, no deep connections at this point. Honestly, the, the character that I resonate the most with is Rowan. I love him. I'm obsessed with him. But is that like, is that because I resonate with him or I just love him? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, he's mega attractive and has hardcore Mm. Witcher vibes. So that could be why we're both probably really liking him. Give me some more road. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, after Reese divulges that little tidbit, chapter 20, Mm. they enter the woods of the Weaver in the heart of Perithian. In a land that edges on not any territory in particular, it's kind of like a territory of its own. There is no High Lord, and it is governed by the strongest, meanest, and most cunning. And the Weaver is on the top of that food chain. Uh, terrifying. And she's just going to, like, waltz in there and steal something from the Weaver. Even, like, the way that the... You know I'm obsessed with descriptions of woods like and that i firmly believe that trees talk to each other in real life not Mm -hmm. just in fantasy but -hmm. like i love when she says like the like the tree like this is the forest that's like feels very aware or like the trees are like leaning in to listen to them more like i it makes me feel like lord of the rings narnia like i just i'm obsessed with the ideas of trees being like the root of all true gossip in the world like they hear everything. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And this, okay. <clears throat> this next interaction, again, just really resonates with me. And I feel it just like goes to show how much Reese, like he loves partaking in like the banter and riling Farah up. But mm-hmm. he also like deep down, he, he truly enjoys her and she's his mate. And I don't know if I want to say that he loves her yet, but like he knows that that's a very, po- very real possibility in the future. And so this banter just has like mm-hmm. this specific scene is like the next level for me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Reese tells Farah that last night Cass tried to talk him out of taking Farah to the Weaver. He, he tried to talk him out of it, which again should be like a like a siren in Vera's brain that's like, oh shit, Cass Cass is like a hothead, but like also he's the greatest warrior of all time. Like maybe we should if he's scared. take into account. Yeah. Right? Um and then Reese says, just to bait Farah, quote, probably because he's more interested in fucking you than protecting you. Mm. And Farah is immediately like, you're a pig. You're actually a pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But then kind of like backtracks and I'm like, this is right. This is something I would, I would 100% do. Uh, <laughs> but she oh, says, yeah. then tell him to come to my room tonight. Mm-hmm. Just, just to bait Reese, like just to bait him right back. And I, I just live for this banter because this is like the kind of stuff that like, that I, I, I would just do it. Like I wouldn't like, you don't say it seriously, but you're like, oh yeah, you want to play that game? Two can play. You can play at that, baby. If you yeah. fine, yeah. If you think he wants to fuck me and you don't care, then send him on. Then up. fine, send him over. <laughs> Tell him I'm waiting for him. You want to know what I'll be wearing? Which is, so- <laughs> Which is so funny to think about now. Like the idea of Cassie and Amphara ever oh because my their God. relationship is so like platonic and like it's not it's like, like how Nessa thinks about. Like Asriel, like when she fantasizes about like Cass and As, like with oh my her God. together. Anna? Like, <laughs> I've got a thing with threesomes in fantasy novels. I've got like uh, a serious act? thing, a serious, and that's like what I, started it. Yes, I that am. I am not we'll okay when I think about episode to that chapter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I am not okay. Um. So so Pharaoh's like, tell him to come to my room tonight. And as and then Pharaoh's like, I'm gonna peace out like a cool girl. And she goes to leave, and Reese grabs her chin and says, Did you enjoy the sight of me kneeling before you? <laughs> my I'm jaw broken. just hit the floor. Holy shit. My also, jaw is like I- any of those, like, any of those tropes where, like, a someone's walking away and they, like, in anger and someone, like, grabs you or, like, interrupts you with a kiss. Like, any of that physical, like, I love that. I love that in a story. And I love that it's he just so grabs good. her face. It's oh so good. Oh, my <sighs> God. And and Farrah kind of takes a step back. She realizes Reese is getting her to think about sex. To keep her mind off of the actually insane task that she's about to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And she realizes, like, anger, flirtation, and annoyance are her crutches. And honestly, relatable. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, like, I love that she's, like, aware. She's like, oh, this is literally what Reese has been doing for the past, since I came to the night court, basically. Since I started interacting with him, like, this is what he's been doing. (laughs) Yeah. And so so she enters the weaver's house and she reminds herself that she is no longer a weak human. She's no longer prey. She is a wolf. She is now the predator. And I I, I just it. I love this shift in mindset because for so long she was she was the weak she was the weak one. She was the weak human, she was the weak partner, she was the person that needed to be protected. And now she is able to take that control and protect herself and that's huge yeah i think also in general your mindset mindset is everything so if she's walking Mm -hmm. in there thinking like i'm gonna die chances that she's gonna die are like 70 percent higher than if she goes in there like no i'm actually a badass and like i can beat whatever this thing is yeah and when she's in the house she hears a honeyed voice singing an ancient horrible song and Farah enters to find a hoarder's home. There's just stuff 
everywhere. With the young-looking weaver with onyx hair feeding wool, but not wool, yuck, uh, into the wheel. Did that give you very uh, Discovery of Witches, the Book of Life vibes? Yes. Yes. That is immediately what I thought of was when when she like realizes that the book is when Diana and Matthew realize the book is like made out of creatures. Demons and yeah, like their skin oh my god. Gross. Yeah. Gross. The Weaver's Cottage grosses me out. (laughs) Yeah. But is also like in like immensely just intriguing to me. I find find the Weaver I find the Weaver so fascinating. Because if you think about Mm -hmm. it Like, imagine if the human psyche, right? Imagine the human psyche. It's already fragile the way it is. But imagine Mm -hmm. if it lived for millennia. Mm -hmm. How it would evolve into just something entirely different, which is how we see the weaver. Even, Mm -hmm. like, even the fae that are, like, 500 years old, like Reese. um, Like, they see the weaver and the bone carver and Amran as something entirely different. But if you think about it, like, you put the fae, or even humans, and you let them evolve for Mm -hmm. thousands and, like, millennia, Mm -hmm. chances are you're going to evolve into something different because at some point, you do become something different. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about that before, too. Of Like, you have to see some crazy shit, like, that must just change you on some base level. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she, so, Farah is, like, looking around at this, like, never-ending stuff, and she kind of starts doubting herself, and she's like, eh, maybe they were wrong, there's just a bunch of shit here, I don't really know. And then she feels a sensation that's like a tap on her shoulder. And she follows it to an item that smells like Reese, like salt and citrus. Oh, my God. And she looks at it and she realizes it's a ring. And she immediately is like, what the fuck? We're doing this for a ring? Are you shitting me? Oh, my God. And like at this point in time. I just, I'm obsessed with this because she's like, this is the dumbest thing we have all ever done in our two long lives because this is a fucking ring. But in reality, it's like, that's a ring. That's the ring. It's the ring. Oh my God. It's the ring because he knows. And just like rereading this entire book, knowing that he knows like this is the moment that's like oh my god he is in it for the for the long haul like he's he's playing the end game like Farah is very much like in the moment and Reese mm-hmm. is just like absolute end game thinking mm-hmm. which would 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 be like if and i think it does happen to her when she realizes that he's known this entire time is like kind of a mind fuck but it's so cool as a reader right now is honestly a very intricate web and i love i love just like looking back on it now and not like you have no clue the first time but it's so fun to reread this book like it gives me mad respect for reese like he's like reese would make an incredible like dungeon master in a game of dungeons and dragons like he could see the end game 
And he makes a really fun journey on the way there. <laughs> no kidding. And and so she's kind of like standing in there as she sees the ring. And she reaches for it very slowly. And the second she touches it and grabs it, the weaver stops singing. Oh my god. <laughs> Help. Oh shit. Oh shit. We just like cats in heat. <laughs> <laughs> that was us a couple uh, that was the last chapter. This chapter is actual terror. Oh shit. The spinning wheel slows at the beginning of chapter 21. And the weaver says, who's in my house? Actual full body chills once again. <gasps> no, this chapter. You. Oh, my God. This chapter is so terrifying. So the spinning wheel, when they describe when she describes how it slowly stops spinning, it made me think of like when you're on a roller coaster and you're like going up to the top and it's like click, 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 click. And then you're like about to drop off into the first drop. Like when they, when she describes that, that's exactly where my head is at. Mm -hmm. So Farah immediately panics and she's like, shit, I have to escape. But she's locked in. The windows are locked. The doors are locked. She can't get out. Suddenly she looks over Mm -hmm. and the weaver transforms from a young, beautiful woman to a gray, withered woman with rotting pits for eyes with a hole full of jagged stumps of teeth for a mouth as if she'd gnawed on too many bones and i'm like fuck no get me out of this cottage right now you want to know she reminds me of she reminds me of who of the witches and throwing a glass Ooh, that like with the iron teeth it's like just as terrifying. Mm-hmm. The idea of yes, I think the rest of them are beautiful except for their teeth and their yes. like, claws. But yeah, that's but like, they like switch, right? They're absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Their teeth are normal. They they don't have claws. And then when mm-hmm. they want to be terrifying, it's like teeth, like <laughs> iron, gross teeth, claws out, and mm-hmm. suddenly they are absolutely terrifying. And the weaver just like flips. Oh, instantly. And that no. is even more god. Even no, more no, 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 no. Once again, I've shit my pants if I'm Farah. I'm like... <laughs> nope. Instead of the Spongebob, I've ripped my pants. We'll just change it to I've shit my pants. <laughs> because I shit my pants. Shit when my Hannah pants. went into the weaver's mm-hmm. cottage, mm-hmm. she couldn't handle mm-hmm. the terrifying mm-hmm. weaver, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she pooped her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Truly, that is, yeah, that's it. I'm just pooping my pants constantly in this series. All right, someone get me a depends. Oh my god! All right, so Farah knows that she has to escape as the Weaver is now freely moving about the cottage and aware of that Farah is there, and Farah throws a candle at the tapestries that are not really tapestries and sets them on fire. And the weaver loses her damn mind. She's 
like mm. shrieking and trying to put the fire out. And Farah dashes to the fireplace and begins her ascent through the only available exit, the fireplace. It's coated in an oily substance that she realizes is cooked fat from creatures. Ew. Hell Ew. to the gnaw. The boys, when they read this chapter, I just need the listeners to be ready for the fact that they're not going to want to talk about this. They are not going to be able to handle this. They both they're- are babies when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> they really are. They're both like, absolutely not. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, to put it in perspective, when we were in Seattle, we went to the gum wall. <laughs> and Riley took like one look at the gum wall. And one sniff, because when you're by the gum wall, you can, like, smell all of the fruity. It's, like, millions of pieces mm-hmm. of gum plastered to the wall, which, in theory, is really gross. It's kind of fun if you're not, like... It was cool. Like, Hannah really and I cool. were like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And Riley's, awesome. like, gagging, like, trying to run away. He's, like... <laughs> so he's, like, get me out of here. He's, like, fair in like, the this is cottage. The- nope, 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 nope. He's like, this is the fucking worst place on planet Earth. Why do people want to come here? <laughs> oh, my God. Riley works in healthcare, and I, I'll say the word mucus, and he's like, Meep. I'm like, Riley, come on. Like, so this chapter is going to absolutely Riley, destroy him. Riley would never, ever be able to work in the ICU. No. No. Ever. Many, yeah. Because. Yeah. There's, like, the ICU is, like, as, as an occupational therapist, is, like, one of my favorite places. I'm a peds therapist through and through, but since I've started mm-hmm. being a therapist, I unfortunately haven't really been able to work in peds because there's not a lot of travel placements. So, you know, it's either SNF or hospital. And mm-hmm. I've, I've been fortunate to work at some really cool hospitals and I've worked in like cardiac ICU and a lot of like critical care, not a lot of, but my fair amount of critical care units. And I am obsessed with working in the ICU but it's disgusting when it comes to like oh, yeah. mucus and mm-hmm. like when it like when you're working on people like with people who are on a ventilator or have a trach and you have to use like a lot of suction and the second you get someone moving it's just like yeah Riley would be unwell he would be unwell <laughs> and he will be unwell when he reads I looked over at him while I was reading this chapter and I was like you might need to skip parts of this chapter to make it through <laughs> I'll just read this chapter out loud to you and like read the abridged version. Right, right. Oh man. So Farah's climbing up the fireplace and she gets stuck. And she sees the weaver below her. And she panics, of course. And she's immediately thrown into an episode of PTSD. And Farah, mm-hmm. I love this that her own voice in her head helps her to pull it together. And she remembers that she's strong. And not only is she just mentally strong, but she's way stronger physically now because she's Faye. Mm-hmm. And I love this quote. Quote, I was not a pet, not a doll, not an animal. I was a survivor and I was strong. I would not be weak or helpless again. I would not, could not be broken, tamed. That quote, mm, so good. Hannah. I love that she's leaning think, into her badassery. I I think you're a marvelous and wonderful therapist, like truly one of, if not the most, the best physical therapist I've ever met. But I think you should consider a second profession and just reading books. 
Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. I love, I told you when I had campers, when I was a camp counselor, I would read Percy Jackson mm-hmm. to them. And I have been really having fun. I'm I'm going to sing the Weaver song, I think, for the beginning of this, for our little you should. Like, clip at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, I think I will. Um, it's Hannah, been really I'm fun not kidding. To, to do these. I seriously, like, you should look into that. And you should read the spicy books. I might look books. into it. Oh, my God. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I'll oh read the spicy books. I'll read the spicy books. I'm not very good at reading, but I'll read the spicy books and you can read like I'll yeah, read, read like something part. like Yeah. <laughs> and I'll read the really um Yeah. The really the rated R stuff. Demon smut, Kindle Unlimited. Shit that Fuck you yeah. <laughs> Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> Fuck me up. Okay. Okay. Listeners, hear this. We so we were all together this past weekend with one of our other friends mm-hmm. who's a traveling therapist as well. So it was Lauren, our friend, and then Hannah and I, and then Ben and Riley. And so the five of us, we always play Jackbox TV. I don't know if any of you have played that. But which one were we playing with the... Oh, the fake in it where you have to We are playing fake in it. Fake in it. Yes. Yeah. So there's this game. It's called fake in it. And so there's five people playing and four people get the same exact prompt. And it says... Point to the person who is most likely to have the deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> and that, that was it. <laughs> and across the board, everyone pointed at me. Everyone pointed you, at me. <laughs> and I'm like, the I'm still trying. Shit out of all of us. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I think it's only because everyone knows that I like demon smut. Yes. I truly think it's because people think that I like dark, kind of like dark, kinky stuff. (laughs) And that alone makes people, makes people think that I have, I guess I don't know if that's the only reason. Because Lauren, I don't think Lauren knows that. But like across the, across the board, it's like Amber has the deepest, darkest secrets. And I'm like, (laughs) why? Why? I mean, obviously it's not you. But like out of all of us. Why am I the one that, like, I guarantee no one even thought twice about it. Nope. We all pointed straight at you. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what does that say about me? We're like, Amber, what has happened in your past that makes you like reading about (laughs) really fucked up shit (laughs) in the bedroom? And like, kind of (laughs) turned on by it. Is that weird? That's why we're all here, baby. Not this series, but like I said, I really think we should do House of Wind book club after dark and have like a subscribe subscriber only where we talk about for people who actually want to hear that. Because I think some people that don't want to hear all of the they don't want to talk about that stuff, which is fine, which is why we try to keep it pretty. We're rated R, but like pretty PG-13 on the side of rated R, you know. So yeah, we like we sprinkle in a little bit of rated R. Yeah, we mm-hmm. sprinkle in a little bit of rated R, but in general, yeah. Yeah. So, so I we'll like, play around with doing that. That would be really few, fun because we have a few I have a lot of unfiltered. Love. Yes, I have a lot of unfiltered. A lot of thoughts that cannot come out unless I know they're entirely unfiltered. That's yes. the only time I'm going to like if I cross that line, I'm I'm crossing the line. There, yes. There's no just we, like dipping my toes in. I'm right. We're in. 
I think we should do, we can do a poll where we ask people if that's something that they're interested in. Yeah. Because it's extra content for us to create, but I think it would be really fun to do. Right. All right. Back to the Weaver's Cottage. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) Now that we went on a little field trip. Oh my God. I, we try so hard not to to go on tangents and to be focused, but it's okay. Here we are. All right. So Farah uses her super high face strength to break free a brick and throw it at the weaver's face. Brutal. What? But I love it. Yeah. So Farah breaks free and she tumbles out of the fireplace onto the roof that has been thatched with hair. Ew. And it sticks to her because she's covered in creature fat. This is so fucking gross. Pl- I like, and I'm really not a person that gets grossed out by much, but this is disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, that's like actually so, gross. Yeah. Farah climbs a tree and runs away. The, fever, the weaver is left screaming behind her, and she finds Reese. Farah finds Reese lounging on a branch. Classic Reese. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's just like casual. Did she get the ring? Was it hard? Was it hard? Oh, (laughs) They went back to Valaris, and Cassian and Amran are, like, shocked at the sight and smell of Farah. When Amran says that Farah smells like a barbecue, once again, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Gross, gross, gross. Farah recounts what happens, what happened, and she realizes that Reese was also testing her mental resolve during this task. Not just her tracking abilities. And this is the equivalent of people who, like, teach their kids how to swim by just, like, throwing them into the deep end. And they're like, figure it out! Like, right. which there are people who do this. I know, because that's how I learned how to swim. But, um, like, that's just what it reminded me of. Is people okay. just, like... <laughs> Let's just not blow by that. That's fucked up. <laughs> It is. This is why I'm in therapy. That's uh, fucked up. Yeah, I didn't do like swim lessons. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so me and my brothers are not a swim. Help me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we could dive Don't into go that to the South, time. y'all. <laughs> so, not everyone there does that with their children, but I think it's a little more popular there. Listeners from the South, reach out to me if that also happened to you, because I'm genuinely curious about that. Yeah. Because it happened to me, and we can talk about it and bond over it. Okay, so, (laughs) over our traumatic swimming experiences. That's horrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, they, Farah is, like, done. She's over being weak, and the fact that it, like, nearly killed her physically to get out of this cottage and, 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 like, also climbing into the um climbing up the mountain to get to the prison like she's just she's over it she's over being weak and she asks asks cassian to teach her to fight and she's like i'm done with needing to be rescued and she's sassy and she's angry and i love it i'm here for all of these emotions from farah it's time Mm -hmm. for her to start feeling these things and like growing into her actually the person that she is and 
again, like, I just love that. I think I love the evolution of characters like that because it's kind of what I'm going through right now in life. And so I'm just like, yeah, like she's growing into the person that she actually is. And it's really cool to watch. Mm -hmm. And Reese tells Farah that the ring was his mother's and that she gave it to him and she took it back for safekeeping and gave it to the weaver so he wouldn't waste it. And (laughs) I'm obsessed with the real reason behind it, that she basically gave it to the weaver until he found the woman that he was going to marry, essentially. And it's like, until it was worth him going back to get. Yeah. And it's, it's so he knows that the woman he's going to marry is worthy yes. because she was able to get it. And that's like, yes. that was like his mother's threshold of like, if she can beat the weaver, then she's worthy of you. And I think that is fucked up, but also like really in a weird way, kind of sweet. And like, yeah, like her her own way of being like, don't settle. <laughs> right, because Reese is a gem, and he shouldn't. And also, right. I feel like when when you're a high lord or you're in any kind of that's very much like anything that you read that's fantasy or even like period drama type thing. Like people are always marrying for power, right? Like mm-hmm. there's always like some underlying reason like it's an alliance or it's it's a power move to marry or ally with someone like that and so i think that it's also a cool way of reese's mom to be a part of their relationship like even though she's not there anymore and i love mm-hmm. that i think that's yeah, super that's sweet. special but you're right it is a little fucked up too um <laughs> casual most things are yeah. in this book all right uh, the Fae in general, they have really weird traditions and ways yeah. of thinking about life. So Reese, Farah's like, I need to, I need to take a bath. I'm, I'm done. Reese flies them out and winnows them to the townhome. And Reese tells her, now you're required to train your powers too. And Reese tells her that he knows that she feels the power lurking within her. He basically calls her out on her bullshit. Like, listen, I know that you're feeling this, so. Let's both just address this now. And then Reese starts talking about Ianthe. <laughs> and Reese talking about Ianthe is everything. He thinks that the it high priestess. It... Yes. <laughs> the, he he shares our sentiments with this woman. Because we mm-hmm. fucking hate her. And so does he. She's and I love it. The worst. Yeah, he sees through her bullshit. He thinks that high priestesses are a perverse version of what they used to be. And that Ianthe is the worst of them. And he tells her that they've burrowed their way into some of the courts and that they were also mysteriously AWOL for the last 50 years when Amarantha was in charge. Like, Mm-mm. that's kind of fishy. Farah is unable to get past Reese's shields because he's basically like, get past my shields and I'll show you what I know. And she's just like, I'm so tired. Like, I just, I can't deal with that today. So she tries, but she fails. And Reese ends up just showing her a memory willingly. So he lets her into his mind. And Farah sees Ianthe sprawled naked on Reese's bed. And she's trying to seduce Reese. And Reese is just like not having it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he questions her allegiance to the other courts. He's like, 
you're like you've never been an ally of the night court like why are you here and she tells him that her allegiance lies with the true power in the land and she basically like offers herself up like a prize pig like i was saying for power right she wants to partner with him She's there for breeding purposes, carrying on the bloodline. Think of how powerful their, their children would be, etc. Basically a political move. And then when he's like trying to kick her out, this bitch fucking reaches for Reese's dick. And he grabs her hand and basically breaks her hand. And I just have to say him and Farrah are the same person because she also destroyed the shit out of Ianthe Sand later on. (laughs) Yeah. And that is bold. She is a thirsty bitch. Like, I love that he just throws her out on his ass, on her ass. Like, get out of here. Like, he can see through her a mile away. And I love that he didn't fall for her games. Yeah. Gross. Because she was, like, hardcore trying to seduce him like literally throwing everything she had at him she was she was like laying on the bed wide open like Mm -hmm. reaching her hand down to touch herself and he basically stopped Mm -hmm. her with Mm -hmm. his like his power and he was like Mm -hmm. oh fuck no hell no yeah insane can you imagine doing something like that to someone who you like no probably isn't super interested in you once again i just don't understand the appeal of it's the same reason why i don't understand why like like why trigger warning because i'm about to mention something that's like within sexual abuse but like this is why i don't understand like why people get off on like raping someone like like the idea of doing something non-consensually with someone or even throwing yourself at someone who just has zero interest in you like Gross. literally what can you derive from that nothing like and and also like what part of you finds even a little attraction to that and like the like the thing that kills me is that there is a whole group of people that gets off on being dominated if you like to dominate you can mm-hmm. find a consensual sub yes that will be entirely consensual. Like, mm-hmm. why? And we're talking, like, more real life. Like, Anthea is just her own... Yeah, she's her own creature. Thing. But, like... But, yeah. But, like, that's the part that doesn't... That doesn't compute in my brain. Like, there are lots of people that like being dominated consensually. Yeah. And, like... Find those I, people! <laughs> yes! Who want that? Like, I... Like... Again, if you have weird kinks or whatever, like, fine, express that. Find someone who wants to do that with you. Like, there are plenty of people yes. out there who are probably into the same shit as you. But, like, there I... There is nothing... Yeah, there is nothing wrong with having weird kinks. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No. At all. But and I can flirting... guarantee you... Yeah, you can find people that also like weird kinks. You're saying oh, yeah. weird kinks. Yes. Flirting sexual advances and sex in general is is a not like not acceptable if the other person is not interested and also it just is not fun it's not like it's just not something that should be pursued like i just i stand firm on that so yeah i like i just 
if Reese is telling you to leave, like just leave. I don't, I don't get that. Also, I have got to pee like a racehorse right now because I've had kombucha and wine. So I need to take a really quick break. <laughs> I've been like squeezing my legs together. Like I have to pee so bad. So maybe that's a, that's a sign for me to get my third glass of wine. I don't think I need it, but like it's a Monday and I'm not working. So, uh, I'm also going to get more, but I have to pee. So, <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you soon. And we're back from our quick wine refill break. So. <laughs> oh, God. One bottle of wine Reese? each. Not not quite, but almost. Not quite, not quite. It's a Monday. We're, I do have to work tomorrow. We're we're just old enough that that's like, that's a lot of alcohol. Oh, I will be absolutely <laughs> dead tomorrow. Like, I'll need like five bagels and five cups of coffee for breakfast tomorrow. I'll post a it's selfie fun. tomorrow morning with my coffee, with my Illyrian <laughs> war camp. Bug. I did. I took a picture. I took a picture of us uh, when we were talking about the Weaver, mm-hmm. and I posted it on our story just now. Um, so nice. yeah, you should follow it up with a with a selfie tomorrow morning of you. Yeah, struggling. It'll be like this was for you guys because I freaking love you guys, <laughs> and I'm funnier when I've had wine. All right, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll drink a bottle of wine and do the the intros for like all the voiceovers. <laughs> god maybe we should make like um like just some sort of reaction podcast after we've each had like a like a lot of wine and a reaction podcast to like chapter 55 you know yes i once again i think we should have like house of wind after dark and we dedicate especially when we get to from blood and ash and we get to that our beloved chapter i think we should have our own we should yeah <laughs> that fucking chapter, these, you guys these these chapters deserve worship and and later on we'll go into detail why but okay yes so back on track amber <laughs> resale house Feyre out of his mind after he basically like trapped her there and he mm-hmm. tells her Rule number one of being a Daimati Pharah is you should never go into someone's mind unless you hold the way open. Hold the door. Hodor style. And Hodor. Hodor. I love Game of Thrones. Um, (laughs) So if if you don't hold the door open, you can get trapped inside someone's mind and then they can control you. That is terrifying. And Farah, the first thing that like she doesn't even care about that. The first thing she asks is when when did that happen? And Reese tells her that Ianthe that happened with Ianthe a hundred years ago, after Ianthe begged to come to the Night Court under the guise of creating ties between the Night Court and the priestesses. And Farah immediately is like, "Oh my God, this is why Lucian hated Ianthe so much." Basically, she realizes, like, Ianthe was probably sexually harassing Lucian, like, trying to coerce him into, like, a sexual relationship. And, and again, like, 
like Ianthe at the parties and stuff where she's clearly attracting like every male and again you want to be very hot and have like orgies or whatever you want to do like that's one thing but do not do not try to pressure sweet baby boy lucian or our high lord reason to anything that they don't want so pharaoh wonders what kind of a hold Ianthe has over Tamlin at the spring court and i just have to say that is where my mind would go my mind would immediately be like has Tamlin seen her butt ass naked on his bed? What's going on between them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that would bother me so bad. Yucky. Ugh. So Reese tells Farah, when you go into someone's mind, you have to be ready to see things that you don't like. And Reese allowed what Ianthe was proposing to happen to him to happen with Amarantha in order to keep Cassian and Azriel safe from a situation like this. And once again, oh. this is just like, oh. it's just Reese. <laughs> the thing, like just the number of th- like the things that he's done. And also just like, I love, I just love the way that they all love each other. Like mm-hmm. they're just like brothers. And he's like, I, would never want them to have to go through this or anything like this. And that's why he tells Lianthe, don't talk to any of the males in my court. Like, don't even come back here. Don't try that with anybody. And I love that. Mm-hmm, me so, too. Mm-hmm. This chapter basically closes with Farah realizing she's serving a more fulfilling purpose with her life now. Like, She's moving on to more important things and she's actually making a difference. Like she's not just sitting around being a trophy. And I, I love in the words of Alexis, love that journey for her. I love that journey for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's the end of our chapters for this week. It is. And so Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of thinking like my big idea is kind of like the, like the coming of age trope, mm-hmm. right? And I and or a theme. And I like this theme idea because it focuses on a turning point. And you know, it, coming up until this point, it it's almost felt like we've had a few of these for Pharaoh, like with Under the Mountain and when she beat Amarantha, like that should have been a turning point, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Farah now is working on getting closer and closer to her true big turning point and i feel like the bone carver and the weaver are almost tests to make sure that she's actually ready for what lies ahead and they're they're kind of hardening her resolve and mental capacities and now that she is like she's like okay i can i can go under a mountain in a prison and talk to a terrifying being and i can mm-hmm. go into the weaver's cottage i can get this object i can track this object I can take it and I can fight my way out because I am strong and I'm a wolf. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like hardening her, her resolve in her, her just general understanding that she knows or she is now understanding that she can do it. She is powerful. Mm-hmm. She is wonderful. You know, like she's not just this sad shell of a person. She is like slowly filling her cup to become. Farah, like true Farah, not just mm-hmm. like th- 
the shell of Farah. Like she's she's becoming Farah, and now that we've kind of upped her her understanding of that and her mental capacities, next we need to start addressing her physical capacities and working with her power a little bit more to to be able to increase those capacities as well. So all three of those things, her mental, physical, and her power can all kind of work together as one cohesive unit. Yeah, I think I I love this as a theme too, because I think that it's just really cool to watch her kind of step into her power and like own who she actually is. And she's not mm-hmm. being fed the lie that she's weak and has to put on an image and, like again i just feel that that like relation of of feeling like instead of putting on airs for someone else or feeling like you have to put on this image of who you are for somebody else like actually being who you are and and just all you can do is hope that the people around you will like accept that and she's surrounded mm-hmm. by like the perfect people who like Cassian and Azriel and Moore and Amran and Reese are just like they don't ever try to make each other be something that they're not. And I, I think that mm-hmm. it's the perfect environment for Farah to like really figure out who she is and like, and just everything about her to grow. And I'm, I love, I think that's another reason why this book is just so incredible is, is because mm-hmm. she gets to have that and it's really cool to watch. Yeah. It's very powerful. It is. It's very empowering. Also, it's empowering as a woman to read that and be like, yeah, I can do really cool shit, even though I don't have magic powers. And it's like, yeah, and it's even relatable, like, I I feel like anyone can relate to it. But, like, for me right now, like, this week, like, this is a Monday night, but I, I, my last day of my contract was last Friday. And, like, today Mm -hmm. I just got to focus on me and I got to do a little bit of packing and prepare to go to our next contract. And, like, but I didn't have to, like stress out and I don't have to stress out that I have to go to work because so my last contract was like not my favorite thing I didn't love it I didn't you know it was just like whatever and like just even recording this podcast I'm like okay yeah I've had a couple glasses of wine so that's also contributing to it but like also I just feel like you you guys can all probably hear that I just feel different you know I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm just a different person than like the last couple episodes we recorded in the middle of the week after I got done with like a nine or 10 hour work day of 90% productivity. And like I came home and maybe took my dog on a walk or maybe I went grocery shopping and maybe I like cooked my meal and I just like sat down and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so excited to go to sleep. But now I'm like more wine, <laughs> <laughs> more wine for my friends. Bring it around. We're going to discuss Resand kneeling before Farah, and that's all we have to focus on tonight. And it's beautiful and wonderful. We We get to escape shitty real life. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just it's so cool that Farah is Mm -hmm. like able to actually experience the things that she wants to on her own terms and Mm -hmm. of her own volition. And I think that's really, really special. And she's experiencing like, yes, it's stressful, but she chose it. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So I just I think that's really cool and really neat and very it seems to be very healing for her. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think this is definitely a part of her healing journey. And I just highlighted as just something that I noticed was like quests and missions. Like 
this is one of my favorite things about reading fantasy is just all of the little side quests or like different missions that the characters get to go on to get to like the larger goal. And for like our characters, the larger goal is defeating Highburn, but we have like so many little things that we have to accomplish before we get there. And mm-hmm. just like when you play, um, like in a video game, like I've been playing the Witcher, like you go on all these side quests to develop your character and to become more powerful and to learn new spells and things like that. Like it's the same thing for a real life and B in a fantasy novel. Like you go on all these little side adventures and it develops who you are and your character and your ability to deal with situations. And that's what's happening with Farah right now. Like she's about to have so many like missions and like things that she's going to do until she's heading up her own freaking mission where she's like going and infiltrating the spring court, like basically as just like high level espionage. Like I'm yes. She's such a badass. Yes. And I just and that kind I'm of, so excited for this. Me too. Me too. That's that's I hate when she goes back to the Spring Court because I don't like that she and Reese aren't together. But like we actually just posted mm-hmm. a reel today about that. Um it was like the the one where Tamlin's like, uh, you're faking it? <laughs> so all that the whole thing. The whole thing. She's like, Yeah, bitch. But I think yes, this I holds was. true for like yeah, if you think of, like, Harry Potter, and if you mm-hmm. exclusively think of the Horcruxes, right, I think the very mm-hmm. first mention of a Horcrux is in the Triwizard Tournament, when they start yes. kind of looking back into the Pensieve and into things like that. And after the Triwizard Tournament, it's like, you get little little tidbits about it, and then mm-hmm. suddenly Harry and Dumbledore are actually going to get one, but they can't find it. But then later on, they figure out, you know, they kind of connect all the pieces of where that that Horcrux actually is. And then suddenly, you know, before you know it, it's like Harry, Ron, and Hermione are actually finding these Horcruxes and like mm-hmm. fighting them. And it's like real life, but it's like such a beautiful, interesting buildup of all of their quests and missions to get to that point. And honestly, mm-hmm. the entire series is basically just quests and missions to understand mm-hmm. Horcruxes because you have to understand Horcruxes to understand how to defeat Voldemort. Right. So, oh, yeah. I feel like, and it's most definitely... of our fantasy, yeah. Or I think my true fantasy began, my true love of fantasy began with Harry Potter for sure. Like actual. Actual, Me too. <laughs> a story with actual magic. Like Twilight was one thing, but I read Harry Potter like way younger than when I read Twilight. So, right. Yeah, I think right. Harry it's like, Potter was definitely Harry Potter and Narnia. Yes. Because Narnia Chronicles was Narnia. like. Yeah, I want to say I read Narnia around like maybe a couple years after I read the first couple Harry Potter books. Yeah, for me growing up, um, Southern Baptist, I had to like sneakily read Harry Potter. So I read Narnia first. So I guess Narnia was probably like my first introduction into that. But I do, yeah, I just, I love Harry Potter is the devil. We (laughs) love, yeah, that was my childhood. The devil's work right there. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Don't get me started. So, yeah, that's uh, that's more my childhood. Maybe we'll have a Patreon episode where I can talk more about that too. But 
in the meantime, <laughs> we'll keep that pretty vague. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our episode for this week. Sorry that we were rambly, guys. We usually try to keep it together, but we're celebrating. I'm not sorry at all. Amber. I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> Feel good. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 I knew that I exactly. would. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really That's is. exactly what we wanted it to be. So That's fine. this week, we're reading chapters 22 through 25 to be prepared for the next episode. It'll probably be a little bit shorter of an episode. Um, Amber and I both have vacations coming up, so we're going to double up on those so that we can have those out to you guys because um, we know you guys have expressed that you look forward to every Wednesday. So we want to make sure we keep those coming. Um, thanks so much for choosing to be a part of our book club. We appreciate your support. Make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. We have read several of the reviews that you guys have left so far and they're, they're so, so sweet. sweet. You guys are our book friends. Look no further messages. Talk to us we're that's what we're here for we just you guys are all incredible yeah so follow us on instagram and tiktok at house of wind pod also email us your theories burning questions anything about the next handful of chapters to house of wind podcast at gmail.com and this information can also be found in the show notes we will see you all next week stays money